Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music with SeatGeek Marketplace. Sell your tickets without getting hijacked by ridiculous after-the-sale costs. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to learn how to buy and sell on SeatGeek. And don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code BS. SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. At some point, they're going to be selling their hats. I hope. They have great hats. Get on it, SeatGeek. We need your hats. Also, today's episode is brought to you by MeUndies.com, the home of great fitting underwear that happens to be two times softer than cotton. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing them right now. Uh, they just launched a new line of boxers. And wait a second. Why haven't they mailed me the boxers yet? What the hell, MeUndies? I wear your French Terry jogger pants 24-7. You can't mail me some boxers? Mail me some boxers. Uh, anyway, go to MeUndies.com slash BS and get 20% off your first order of the world's most comfortable underwear. You get free shipping in North America and a money-back guarantee if you don't like your first pair. Don't worry, you won't use it. You'll like your first pair. MeUndies.com slash BS. And we're off with a new name for our podcast. Let's do it, Tate. Joe House on the line. Is Joe House on the line? Joe House on the line, Friday rolling. So, House, we gave you, we gave you your own logo. I'm humbled. I'm touched. We have, we have a Friday rolling logo, that if you're watching it on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever, not watching, but if you're listening to it, and that little logo pops up, now you'll see a car, Friday rolling in Joe House's name because we we decided to give you a little something something for the holidays. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's way cooler than than I deserve. Yeah. Looks like the kind of car people would think you would drive or actually you're driving like a minivan. So <laughs> um we we I'm not uh, commenting on the minivan thing. We uh we're gonna get to NFL lines in a little bit and uh or NFL best bets. And as usual you tried to cheat with the lines, which we're gonna talk about. But uh first I wanna talk some NBA. The Wiz I- and Dwight Howard. Would you trade for Dwight Howard? Because there's a trade. If you go through all the 30 teams, you go through the NBA trade machine, there is a trade that works out the best for your team that matches with all the salaries that actually makes sense. Uh, It is Marcin Gortat, who you just signed, Nene's expiring contract, and I think you have to throw in a protected 2016 pick, maybe like top five protected, and you get yourself some Dwight Howard. Would you want to do this, House? Look, I, I feel like you're trying to bait me. You you did this like a month ago, and I responded in emphatic and unambiguous uh, uh, manner, saying absolutely not, under no circumstances am I interested in, in Dwight Howard. What about his resume over the last four years suggests that he's the kind of guy that's going to come into a situation and uh, improve the overall prospects uh, of a team. He's not reliable health-wise. It doesn't seem like he's a, he gets along with coaches, and he's not a great locker room guy. But other than that, yeah, sure, sign me up. Well, he was a center on a team that came within two wins of making, or three wins of making the uh, NBA Finals last year. He was the second best player on that team. That's he, he was playing at 70%, and he didn't play in every one of those playoff games. He put up 16 and 14. blocks in 17 playoff games and was playing at like 70%. So when's he going to be playing at 100%? He might not. 
He's he's got a. Uh, let's see what year he is. He's in. Yeah, it's year it's year twelve for him. So he, here's the thing that 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 the main problem I have with uh, the the idea is it looks like we're just shuffling the chairs on the deck. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that that Dwight Howard moves the needle for this Washington professional basketball franchise. Uh, you know, taking out Gortat and and Nene, I just it it doesn't look like any kind of an improvement for Washington, and I'm not sure what Houston gets out of it other than getting rid of Dwight Howard. Yeah, and the salary cap flexibility for next summer, and the fact that the way their team plays, you you could argue maybe maybe they're drifting away from a Dwight Howard situation. Maybe, I mean, that would be an argument for Gortat. He's he's very good uh, pick and roll. He's a decent finisher. He and Wall have had a really nice thing going last season. Yeah. They've struggled a little bit to get it going again this season. But Well, if if you don't want Dwight Howard, then how are they trading Dwight Howard? I think they're stuck with him. And and they can't trade Harden either. He's, he's one of the best 10 players in the league, even though if he's been disappointing this year. I don't know what my boy Daryl does. Well, I, I really there don't. might be a situation out there for Howard. Uh, but where? Miami. Go through, go through all the teams. No, Miami doesn't have the salaries. If you go through all the teams, it's it becomes increasingly clear that they're they're kind of stuck with them unless they can get your boys to bite. Really, it's just Washington as a as a counterpart. Well, there's teams like here? you know you, you have your Brooklyn and Philly type teams, but you know if they trade, let's say Brook Lopez for Dwight, something like that. If I'm Dwight, am I happy about going to Brooklyn? If you're Brooklyn, do you want unhappy, sulky Dwight on your team? Well, it hardly matters because he's already said that he intends to opt out. He has a guaranteed $23 million last year, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw this week him saying he intends to opt out of his contract and go get on the market again because of all the free agency money that's flowing in. And somebody will probably overpay his dumbass. Well, I may or may not have had this conversation. Let's say you were running Houston and we knew each other and you had uh-huh. a chance to sign Dwight Howard a couple years ago. What would I have told you? Do it immediately, I think. What else would I have told you? Get out of nice, big, fat insurance contract. No. I would have said, oh. you have to do this, but just know that you, this guy might get you fired. Sure. Okay. That's, right, that's it's a, a risk advice. that you. It's a risk that you have to do. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, Chris Ryan and I were preparing for the Heat 20th anniversary podcast that's running next week, which uh, I have to say is one of the best pods I've done in a while. It's it's really if you like the movie <laughs> oh, Heat, it's really good. We're really if really you don't say so yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. No, it's just we we went all in. You know, well, if you're gonna do if you're gonna celebrate the 20th anniversary of Heat. You've got to be movie. fully committed, and you got to be into it, and you got to be ready to rip off quotes and lines and weird theories. And we were ready. Both of us brought it, our, we brought our A games. It still stands the test of time. I mean, the, the shootout sequences feel like they they could have been shot, you know, uh, this year. They're 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 right. they're, they're immortal, immortal. So there's a scene in that movie when they know the heat is on them, and they all have the meeting. It's it's De Niro, Sizemore. Uh, Val Kilmer and Danny Trejo and they're deciding whether they should proceed with their plan to rob the bank even though they know it's become much much riskier and Val Kilmer says the bank is worth the risk and during the bank shoot of course gets shot and almost dies and shatters his clavicle 
was worth the risk for him to take down the bank, even though he knew there was like a 50% chance it was going to fall apart or be terrible or he was going to die or go to jail. I, I think that's what happens when you sign Dwight Howard from the Lakers after the unhappy year he's had with the shoulder stuff. And you just know it's like, all right, there's nobody in the league like this guy, but this also might not turn out well. And now it's yeah, not turning yeah. out well. But last year, they're in a Warriors series, and, and, you know, they're very close to getting to the finals to play this uh, disemboweled Cleveland team, basically. They would have had a chance to beat Cleveland in the finals. You know? And, you know, the if you'd asked that in this hypothetical conversation, if you'd asked that GM, we're going to take the, the, the addition of this guy is going to help the franchise get to a place it hasn't been in Right. What, 15 years? From a credibility standpoint, time. competitive standpoint, now you have two franchise guys on your team. Now you're a contender. They had to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, but Think now, about all the good things we were saying about them eight, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. Yeah, we thought they were going to win right? 64 games. I will say I did, that— We I, need rubber underpants. I think Daryl made a mistake. I think he— I think. I think he thought that this J.B. Bickerstaff was going to be able to calm everything down and— Give them a little, and and I, I just don't think. I think there's a very tough team to coach. It's certainly not a team that somebody who's never coached an NBA team before can handle. I don't think. Well, whether it it was a mistake or not a mistake, I think it's it's a little early still because uh, we're only um, 25 games in, 27 games in, um, and you know they have the talent to rip off, you know, a streak of of. You know, they could go 22-8 and eight over the next 30 games, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the ship has been righted. I don't disagree with the idea that something had to be done yeah. to change the chemistry, and then it's always the coach that's the easiest um, piece of the puzzle to, to swap out. Um, he, hmm. JB, so far, does not have a very distinguished record. Well, I don't like that they're not showing up for games. Right. That's that's bad. They with, with the way the season started, you change your coach. You can't then also still mail in games and lose the team. More like losses Denver. to awful teams. Yeah, you can't lose to another Denver. loss to Brooklyn. Yeah, you can't lose to Brooklyn. Like just they've lost to Brooklyn twice. That's that's fireable right there. I think when they knew they were going to get rid of McHale, I think they should have gone to Tibbs and made him a huge offer. Who who says they didn't? I don't think they did. All right. I think they. I mean, were, Tibbs maybe may may have. Put, may put it out there that he's enjoying his break. I don't care. I'm I'm flying him to Houston and, and I'm offering him thirty million for four years and be like, save us. Tibbs comes in; those guys are going to hate him, but he would have gotten an awesome, awesome uh, performance from them defensively. I guarantee they would have run back on defense. The team doesn't run back I, on defense. How How old is Jerry Sloan now? Oh, I like where you know, he would. He's too old and cranky to be able to handle how Harden and how. Well, that's why. But maybe they, those guys need that. He 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 really earned um, some respect around the league. He's been out of the game for coming up on five years, six years now. Would you trade James Harden? No, 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 no. No way. No, that was six no's in a row. No. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, I'm not Those giving guys. up on them either. I think I think that I think they're in a real danger zone though, and they need to get going now. Because you don't want to be seven or eight. If you're seven or eight, you might as well just play for the lottery at that point. You're not beating the Warriors or the Spurs. You're just not. So unless you can get in the top six and and guarantee yourselves top six, you're screwed. The West is 
first bad West year in a while. I guess when you have the Eastern teams all picking the lottery for 75 straight years, uh, it's going to eventually turn. But the West is like Houston and Denver in the playoffs right now. It turned into super duper top heavy because I, I, OKC deserves to be in the conversation now. Uh, they really look like they've, they've found something. They're, they're on a six-game win streak now, and they're not just winning games. They're, they're, there's some beat-down aspect to, the, to this little mini-streak they're on right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm excited about what I'm seeing out of them. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the West turned pretty quickly, too. So you're excited that I'm going to look at their last six wins. Trailblazers, Jazz, Jazz, Hawks, Grizzlies, Kings. Not bad. Yeah. The uh, the best thing they have going for them is the Westbrook Durant. Just like as long as those guys are healthy, they're they're in the conversation, and it doesn't even matter who the supporting cast is. They're in the conversation. Harden and it's Howard still, used to be like that, and they aren't like that anymore. And it's it's still a, a good supporting cast. Surge is there. Yeah, Serge is there. I like Serge. I'm not sold on some of those other guys. It's amazing to me that they didn't. They don't have a D and three guy. Where were they with Nick Batum? Where was everyone with Nick Batum? You I, and I would have traded for Nick Batum. I I I I've loved him in in Portland and still love him. Yeah. So right now you have Houston at twelve and fourteen at the seventh seed, and Denver at eleven and fourteen as the eighth seed, and you got Memphis at fourteen and thirteen. As the sixth seed, and that team's miserable, which brings me to my next fake who says no trade. <laughs> You're going to like this one. You, this might get, oh. Uh, Zach Randolph for Pau Gasol. Yeah, see, I, I, I absolutely love that. I, I have been reading um, all of the positive press on Pau this season and how committed he is, uh, and his performance has been great for the Bulls so far. It's a contract year. It's a walk year. And, you know, the idea of him playing with his bro is like the coolest thing ever. And I think their, their, their games are so complimentary. It would be yeah. uh, uh, really, really fun and cool to watch. Um, that's, 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 yeah, you're getting a new out of me. Yeah, the Chicago would have it to may- throw in a small contract to make the salaries work. But, uh, listen, I've said this for a few years with Memphis, and it never made sense. But I think now it makes sense because – you saw Indiana realize that their style and that whole like big big guy banging bodies slow the game like that that styles out. The Warriors have ruined those teams, and you can't win a title that way anymore. And Indiana realized it last summer, and they changed their team. Not that they're a title contender now, but at least they they're, they've given themselves a chance to compete in the way the game's being played now. Memphis does not have a chance with the style they have. They've no chance to beat a team. You know, these three and the Golden State, San Antonio, they have no chance. So we're we're inching toward my dream, which was for them to just just get all the Spanish guys. Yeah, because Calderon is still available. Yeah, so is Rubio. You can get Rubio. Oh. Get the Gasol brothers. <laughs> just start snapping them up, man. Bring Rudy uh, Fernandez back. They're going to be Juan singing Carlos Ole, tomorrow? Ole, Ole, Ole at Gus's, huh? They're okay. going to be singing... <laughs> Can I get some Juan Carlos Navarro? Where is he? Is he in China? Yeah, just just start snapping up the Spanish dudes, man. Those guys know how to play together. That's your chance. I really like it. You like that? I mean, plan? I really like Pow and Zebo. I don't. The rest of it is just you know a curiosity. 
You know, but Powell for Zebo makes sense. It makes sense it for the Bulls. It really makes sense for the Bulls. Well, that's the thing because I I don't think you can play Noah and Gasol together. You can, but I don't love it, and I don't a hundred percent love Noah and Randolph either. But in my head, it makes more sense. You know, I, I, yeah, I I think the Bulls could really use um, that extra bit of toughness that Zebo brings. Yes, I'm not calling them soft by any stretch. No, you just did. Um, <laughs> well, but they're well positioned too. I like. I mean, the Bulls have been kind of t- to me, uh, like fifteen and eight. Um, they transitioned pretty quickly. I thought they were going to have a little bit of a hard time because uh, you're the unknown constantly of of Noah's health and D Rose's health and Hoiberg coming into this. Yeah. Uh, but fifteen and eight is, is legit. Let me look at uh, their team rating on. Uh, oh, you th- don't 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 get fancy on me. Yeah, come on. I got basketball reference open. So I was here. thinking if they do pow for Zach, there's a follow-up trade with Conley, Rubio, but I think I need a third team to send Conley to. If I'm Memphis, I'm trading Conley. I'm trading him right now. I don't I I I'm dubious that he's going to resign with me, and I'm also not not sure I want to pay Mike Conley 27 million a year or whatever he's going to end up getting in this crazy summer. Yeah. So why not move him now? It, Minnesota Clearly just wants to tank the season because that's the only explanation now for Sam Mitchell still being the head coach. Like, you, you, I, I, Again, what's the – he's a caretaker. No, but that, it's wrong. You have to have a real coach for this team. You have Towns and Wiggins. You have two possible franchise players. You can't fuck around with that. Sorry for the language. We don't disagree. You can't have we a don't terrible disagree. coach. How are they supposed to pivot you when their now. head coach – died no what was the pivot move i know but that, that you know i get it i get the whole thing but now that now those guys need to need a coach we're headed toward the holidays here they're gonna throw this season away this guy's playing towns like 25 like go i i haven't done this yet but i guarantee like if you go to the reddit timberwolves board or whatever the timberwolves message board is i guarantee all those fans are going crazy about sam mitchell right now i don't think you can mess around with the formative years of good players and well, I, if well, I were what, them, what I, you, that's another team. What are you team. not liking about Towns? He threw up a twenty-five ten last night. I know. I, I don't. I, I don't feel like that team is well coached when I watch them. Uh, okay, they, I, they, they, are, they might as well just not have. If you're gonna have Sam Mitchell, just don't have a coach. Just have a player coach. Make Tayshawn Prince your player coach. It's ridiculous. Well, so KG is there. They that's Make exactly KG what they've done. Coach. They've they've installed. Uh, you know, veteran a group of veterans around this this youth. That's exactly they're nurturing the team, and it does make sense for them to throw the season away and acquire one more asset through the lottery. Good, uh, you know, it's their great and good fortune that the the youngsters um, are are proving to be uh, ahead of the curve in terms of their development. Wiggins and Towns are already formidable. They are formidable, and and Rubio's you know been healthy mostly. So you know they're. They're interesting. They're really fun to watch. Rubio's. Um, I think the. I think he officially clinched being the worst shooter of all time for like somebody. <laughs> Tate, can you look that up? Somebody wrote about that recently. I think he's a thirty-six percent career shooter, but it's now like a six-year sample size. He's basically the anti-Steph Curry. I would still trade for him. I still like Rubio. I don't care if he can't shoot. But uh, no, I, that's another team that should just say to Tibbs, "What here? Here's thirty million. Maybe they will." In in this next off season, when they have another lottery pick, another top fourteen pick, this is where you and I disagree, and this is this is what bothers me about what Philly's doing too, and some of these other teams. 
I don't think it's good when you have young players in their formative years to put them in a bad situation. I don't see how that helps them. I get the whole, yeah, yeah, we're building for... Like, there's a middle ground. It, it doesn't help those guys to have the worst coach in the league. And it's either him or Byron Scott is the worst coach in the league. I'm not sure which one, but they're they're in the final two. Um, it, it just doesn't... It's not good for them. It's not good for Towns to not learn from somebody and to not... Like he played every story Sunday. I read Look is about him learning from KG. He's taking, he's getting all this inspiration from KG. The work ethic. Uh, Explain it, this it, to it, me, House. He played 18 minutes on Sunday against Phoenix. How does that help well, anybody? We're not look. We're not inside uh, the clubhouse. There, who who knows uh, what whether he's got a nagging injury. You know, we we don't know anything about the circumstances on the ground. Uh, in inside the Minnesota situation, so I'm not going to sit and look at one, you know, cherry pick right. uh, minutes. Play the dude, man. Play. I agree your, with your that. Team they is have Towns to and Wiggins. Dude. Play those guys. But anyway, yeah. I think there's a Rubio Conley, some sort of third team. Rubio's 34. Ru- Rubio's 34 right now. 26%. Oh my god. 26 percent from three. They should probably they should electrocute him like that. Not like. To kill him, but just like a shock every time he shoots a three. Just put like a little bracelet on it, his leg. How long did it take Jason Kidd to, to get a, a, a reasonable shot, a reasonable NBA sh- shot? He had to be traded twice and and faced a serious domestic violence uh, incident. And somehow he was able to make threes after that. I don't know what happened. Uh, all right, I have more trades for you. 2008 is when Kidd um, 40% So... Let's say I call the Knicks right now. And okay, I offer let's them say. I offer them the rights to my 2016 Brooklyn pick, unprotected. James Young and my David Lee and Jonas Jurebko expiring contracts for Carmelo Anthony. I just, I just put that on the table for Phil Jackson. Here you go. You're, I'm I'm giving you a top 5 pick. Uh James Young who's only 19 and some expirings and uh, and you're going to get you have to give us Carmelo, and you're going to get a ton of cap space this summer. And you're going to make your own team worse, which doesn't help you because you don't have your pick, but whatever. Uh, I think it's a spectacular deal for the Knicks. I really do. I don't think they're going to do better than that. And I am i don't care about the Celtics. I dislike the Celtics. I oh. grew up rooting against the Celtics. Hey. So this is not me jumping in your homer boat. Yeah. Um, I, but I think a top five pick for Melo is, is terrific value. For, for where Melo is in his career, what if I said get back a top five pick? What if I said it's it's top one protected? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't want. I'm not sure if I'm I'm the Knicks. I want to have any impediment to my ability to to to, to really uh, drastically improve the, the 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 talent. I mean, I that means I'm I'm losing Ben Simmons. I'm losing out on the on the shot at Ben Simmons, and that would that would tip it for me. Can I would the Celtics, say no to that if I was the Knicks. Can the Celtics make the Eastern Finals with that trade? What? Can the Celtics with, make the Eastern Finals if they traded basically expiring contracts and James Young for Carmelo? You just said if they add Melo, can they make the finals? Yeah, the yeah, Eastern can make the East, the Eastern Coast the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, of course they can. Are we the second best team if we make that trade? Sure. Does yeah. Cleveland want to play us in a playoff series if we're trying out Avery Bradley, Isaiah, Carmelo, 
Jay Crowder and Amir Johnson in crunch time. I mean that the, the it, it the a player of Mello's caliber is too much to dream for, but that's the kind of player that the, the Celtics team is missing. They were missing it last year as well. A reliable scoring threat in the fourth quarter of close games. They're missing it now. Well, you saw it in the Warriors game. Isaiah exactly. well, Isaiah's been good in crunch time, but missed two game winners in regulation OT. Then you saw, here's what worries me about, and maybe it shouldn't worry me because the Celts aren't a title contender, but Isaiah Thomas can't play against Amon Shumpert. It, he just, he, Isaiah has now, we have now a giant sample size of him being terrible against Cleveland because of their size. The thing with Cleveland, yeah. and this is why I think they're, you know, I know everyone's, uh, giving lap dances to the Warriors and the Spurs right now, and lightly, and rightly so. And I know everyone is also being patient with the Cavs. Oh, we don't know they, when everybody comes back. But that, the thing that's interesting about Cleveland to me is is how long they are. You know, they, they're just, they just, they can just throw out all these six 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 seven six eight six nine guys at the same time, except for Kyrie. It's, it's precisely how they leveled the playing field against the Warriors in that finals last year. That's yeah. what made the finals so intriguing and, and, and by extension so disappointing when uh, Kyrie got hurt the very beginning in there. Yeah, for a team like the Celts, they're just not beating Cleveland in a playoff series, really, until they get a guy. They need a yeah, guy. Not, yeah, as as currently constituted, that's exactly right. And Mello, by the way, is a guy. Mello is a guy. I like I like it a lot. I just I don't think the Knicks could agree to it if you try and protect that top five pick at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, it's very fair. It's a lot of value for for Mello. All right, here's one more three way for you. I know you like three ways, House. I, uh, I left it alone. I left it alone. Celts get Ryan Anderson. Chicago gets Drew Holiday and and Jerebko, Jerebko. I still can't say his name. His expiring, and they would save about five million bucks on the cap and with tax, which is key for them because I think they're like five million over the tax right now. New Orleans would get Derrick Rose and Jared Sellinger. So New Orleans basically would give up Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson's expiring, and they would have to. Roll the dice with Derrick Rose for this year and next year, and then get Jared Sullinger out of it. Who would be? In I New feel Orleans. like Chicago is the team that says no to this. Chicago. Yeah, I'm getting rid of Derrick Rose for them. They they're going into next year now with with like ten million less in in cap space slash luxury tax. They can go out and actually get somebody. So that's that's the tension that they're confronted with right now. They're uh, the second best team in the East by record. And things appear to be clicking, and D. Rose is looking pretty good. He's not looking awful. Uh, now, you know uh, it's, uh, there's always an injury risk there, but the same is true of, of Holiday. And so you're upsetting something He's that might hurt. be coming into view here, right? You, maybe you, you're, you're finding this version of the Bulls. You're finding yourself. There's an identity that's emerging, and all of a sudden you're going to uh, you know, undermine that potentially sabotage it by getting rid of D. Rose and bringing in Holiday. Well, all right, so the bigger question. If you're the Bulls, do you cut bait with Derrick Rose right now? I don't think so. Okay. Because he took – I do – we talked about this uh, a few podcasts ago, but the broken orbital bone I think is a bigger thing than fans realize. And I only oh, know because it happened to me. Like I, you, you're terrified to drive into the paint when you have – when you've, your face is broken basically. 
So they talked about it last night. He's still not seeing a hundred percent. Yeah. I wouldn't trade him. I'm I think that's the only type of trade that they're gonna make if they do trade him is something that would help them with the luxury tax this year. Um give them cap space this summer and give them somebody who's like a 40% replacement, which is Drew Holiday, basically. So uh, we'll know, we'll, ha- we'll have a lot better information um, as the trade deadline approaches in February about yeah. whether or not that's the, that's something that's worth trying. for. Them. All right, last fake trade. I'm Vlade Divac. You're running Orlando. And I call you and oh. I say, hey, house, I have a trade for you. I, I'm going to offer you Boogie Cousins. Oh. But I want... Keep talking, Vladdy. I want Hazonia back. I want Vucevic. And I want your number ones in 2016 and 2018. Are there any other bitches I can give you? You no, can have it. every bitch under the tent here in Orlando. That's it. I want Hazonia, Vucevic, and I want two first-round picks for Boogie. What are the years? 16 and 18? Yeah. I would do it. I would do You'd it. you do it I if you're Orlando. It. I would do it. I would do it. This is the thing, right? This is it's the same kind of proposition as what we just went through with Daryl. When a top ten, top twelve guy comes available, it's a risk, but you have to do it. You have to get the talent. It's a league that's so driven by the talent. The talent makes such a all the difference. You know, yeah. team chemistry is is crucial and all of the stuff, but it's all secondary to having the very best guy. So when a very best guy comes available, you have to go get the very best guy. I would do it if I'm Orlando, but I would put protection on the picks. I would go, I would go like top six protected for both of them, and I would say that's. See, I think Orlando's on a on a trajectory here. Yeah, they have that an awesome young nucleus, and I think uh, you know Hazonia, you're not giving up anything. It's a trade that you're getting boogie for uh, Vucevic. and uh, you know Vucevic is is a very nice uh, double double machine. Um, but the, the talent of Boogie, the only thing you have to ask yourself if you're Orlando is how, how are Boogie and Scott Skiles going to get along? Because uh, you know that Boogie's going to get the ball. Peyton, Peyton is going to get him the ball. I like Orlando. I think Orlando needs to make a two-for-one or a three-for-one. They're a little like the Celts, actually, but a better version of it. I, the fact that Hazonia can't play for them Hazonia and Fournier are redundant. I, if I was any other GM, I'd be tra- trying to trade for Hazonia right now. They just don't have a spot for him. Yeah. Uh, and then the Vucevic to Boogie is the obvious upgrade. But all right. Uh, last thing. Um, the 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 Rondo thing was kind of crazy earlier this week, right? Yeah. I, I, and I don't know what Adam Silver. I tweeted about this. Not sure what Adam Silver could have done differently. And it's a dead story now. Kind of came and went. But um, that felt like a gay bashing. It felt like we watched a gay bashing incident in a basketball game, and it kind of just came and went. It disturbed me for some reason. Normally, I don't. Normally, I don't get all PC with stuff like this. But this one had an edge to it that I just didn't like. It made me uncomfortable, and I, I wasn't yeah, really satisfied I, with how it was resolved. Well, it got resolved. I think the only way it, it could get resolved. I liked your Twitter suggestion that Rondo do something. Uh, extraordinary to disprove that this is his character uh, because the the problem that he, he the reason I think you're having the response you're having and the problem that that Rondo has already got a reputation of being a dick yeah uh, is going and and by the way wants a big contract next year um, it 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 seemed willful 
because, you know, all the stories that came out afterwards yes. indicate that it was pretty well known uh, inside the league that uh, Kennedy's gay. And so to use a gay slur... Uh, the to way use it in a way it. that you'd use it if you knew that, the, like what bothered me about it was, and who knows what he was thinking and who knows if he knew, but the way it played out, it looked like he was using it in a way like I have information on you and I'm going to, I'm going to bully you right now with that information. That's what I didn't like about it. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I, and I don't know what Adam could have done differently because if he gives him a five game suspension, Everyone's like, why? No, the league's never done this before. What's going on? Um, And then you have the added bonus of Bill Kennedy comes out. So whatever happened, he felt like I'm just going to I'm I'm just going to announce, you know, well, I think that's my preference. It's like, well, maybe he didn't want to do that that weekend. So whatever Rondo said to him pushed him to the point that he had to come out. That doesn't sit right with me either. Well, that 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 warrants. That's why why your observation that Rondo needs to do more uh, is right, and I, I agree with. But it also, to me, validates what Silver did. Silver left Bill Kennedy the option of doing it on his terms and with his message, and I think that's that that was the honorable thing to do. It was an awful situation for the for the commission to be in, um, but he handled it um, with you know used best judgment and did what he could do within. Uh, the the parameters of that situation. It was a shitty situation, and Rondo needs to come correct. He 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 ought not to be such a big dick if he wants a great big contract next year. Well, he is, it seems like he's certainly shown the uh, behavior that exhibits it. I find it hard to believe he didn't know because um, whatever happened with Kennedy and Doc six years ago. I've heard variations of that story, but they all had the same central theme behind it, which was he said something to Bill Kennedy that that hit way too close to home, and mm-hmm. Rondo played for that team. So unless he just you know put his Beats by Dre headphones on twenty four seven and had no idea what was going on with his team, he would have known in two thousand nine. I didn't like it. I thought it was the the first unwinnable situation for Adam. And if I'm a if I'm a gay basketball fan. And I watch how that whole thing unfolded. It doesn't sit right with me. Like Wesley and I were texting about it a few days ago. And Wesley was really upset. Like, and Wesley loves Rondo. And now Wesley doesn't like Rondo. I'm going to have to have Wesley on at some point talk about it. But he uh, just didn't sit right with him. Didn't sit right with me either. I, you know, and I I don't really know what the NBA could have done differently. But the one thing that should have happened, and this speaks to, you know, what a messed up organization the Kings are right now because this is where you need a leader in the organization, whether it's the owner, yeah. whether it's the GM, whatever. This all unfolds. Rondo's got to do better coming out of the gate. If you're doing two different apologies for the same uh, the, incident, the, the, you know you right. fucked up. That's right. That's the point. That's the disappointing thing, the disheartening thing. You have one. You have an opportunity when, when, when you made a big mistake like that to, to show your character, to show who you are. If you want to prove to everybody that that's not what's in your heart, then you don't do this trite uh, apology that if, I, you know, there's a template for the, for the effing apology now. Just Google, yeah. you know, uh, slur apology, and you get this template, and you pop in, you know, the, the act of contrition, and it's total bullshit. Do something genuine and be public about it. Do something genuine and generous. 
There's plenty of organizations out there that you can make a donation to. You could make uh, any kind of a, a, a statement to demonstrate that that's not in your heart. Just do it. Do the, the obvious and easy, you know, uh, human thing. Yeah. It it uh, it's a tough one to swallow. I didn't like it, and and it was said with so much anger behind it that I, I it's not like he was calling him an a hole. There was a lot more going on with with how it was said. Though it was almost a menacing as, aspect to it, and uh, I don't know, very 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 dark moment. I I think that's the first unwinnable thing from a PR standpoint for Silver since he took over. There's yeah. n- nothing you could do with that story that that to spin it or help it or whatever other than to get on the phone with Rondo and tell him to fucking step up. But he didn't and uh and it is what it is. But I feel bad for Bill Kennedy because I don't I don't think I don't think somebody should come out. That should be on your terms 100%. It shouldn't be because some incident happened where somebody repeatedly threw the F word at you. Um anyway. All right. House, before we get to our week 15 best bets uh, for NFL, I wanted to mention HBO, not just because they were nice enough to give me my own television show that launches next spring. Thank you, HBO. Um, Go to www.12daysofhbonow.com right now, House. You know, not right now, but maybe after we hang up. What? Hold on. It's a little holiday promotion. Every day, you can send friends and family members the premiere episode of one of the 12 most famous HBO shows for free. You can send one of your buddies, Curb Your Enthusiasm, first episode right now for free. They can watch it on HBO now. Uh, and we should also mention, don't forget about J. Cole's new documentary miniseries, Homecoming. A new episode premieres every Wednesday, exclusively on HBO now. Uh, and newsflash, you don't need cable. You don't need satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app. Start your free one-month trial today uh i wish they i wish you could mail any episode from hbo now like you could just pick 12 because i would have mailed you the crazy eyes killer crazy eyes killer from <laughs> curb well the fact and maybe that Gil Bang. Send the first i mean you know gill bang it would be the number one welcome well, to the house that come built <laughs> wendy wheelchairs in there also wendy- i mean there's there's too many. There really are too many. We we got to do like a a twenty episode curb. Maybe we should just create a curb your enthusiasm pod. So many. Can thoughts. we have Chris or Andy in? I mean, that, yeah. that would be one. Yeah. All right. Let's get to football picks. Week fifteen. We're taping this on a Thursday, even though it's Friday rolling. We've Friday rolling's off to a bad start because it's Thursday. Yeah. Uh, well, whenever we're together, it's Friday rolling. Yeah, it's always Friday rolling. We're Friday rolling all the time. So. uh here are the games that we picked. We, we both have Vikings-Bears, which the line now is five and a half. Vikings favored at home over the Bears. Who do you have? I have the Chicago Bears. Me too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why do you have them? I think the Bears are decent. You know, I, They're always yeah. in games, and I, I'm not sure the Vikings are that good, and this feels like a three-point game to me. Same division. So we, 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 my notes are exact, the exact same thing. Uh, last week battle. was their fifth loss by a field goal or less. This game feels like a field goal. The Vikings opened as a four-point favorite, which is closer to you know a line that, that we might uh, be agreeable to. And then the, the public went crazy, and, it, and 74% of spread bets for the Vikes, and, and the number went all the way up to five and a half. A little bit of value on the Bears. Yeah, it feels, feels two and a half points high. 
Uh, Packers Raiders. We both have this one too. This is in Oakland. Green Bay is favored by three and a half. Who do you have? Oh, it's up to three and a half now. Yeah. Um, I still have the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I've been out on the Packers uh, really all season long. I've been so unimpressed. They finally, first time since, uh, well, I, I, first time this season, and honestly, uh, the research indicates first time since 2009, both rushed for over 200 yards and threw for over 200 yards in, in, in a game. Uh, the more important thing to me is the defense played well. Now, Matt Castle is a guy that should be playing in the Arena League. Uh, he, was, he, he, he appeared to be playing as though he did not want to be injured in that football game on Sunday. Mm. Very That's how I would play, too. I would play that way every week. <laughs> I don't even hurt. I, I mean, just hurtle on every sack. The best, the best job in football is, is the third-string quarterback. You know, the, the, a career third-string quarterback. Tell Matt, Matt Hasselbeck, we talked about him last week. Oh, I went Phil Simms. Uh, but we remember I, I picked the Jags solely because I thought Matt Hasselbeck, he's 40 and he'd played five games in a row. I was like, there's no way he's not in severe pain right now. And then what happens? He gets hurt. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, some good angles for the Packers. Historically, Green Bay owns the Raiders. Yeah. 6-0 uh, straight up, 5-1 and one against the spread with four wins by 28 or more. Aaron Rodgers loves to front run. In December, when the Packers are good, uh, Aaron Rodgers' team's 9-0 and straight up and against the spread since 2010 when his own team's win percentage is over 700 in December. So I, I just like the situation, and the points are seem small enough. I wouldn't like it as much if it was like six, but I love it at three or three and a half. All right, I'm staying away now. You talk me out of it. Oh, you liked the Raiders before. I did. Okay. You know, though, that, as you were talking about the game, I realized that uh, I have too much at stake with Aaron Rodgers because I'm in fan- the fantasy playoffs this weekend, and he's my oh, quarterback, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't, yeah, I don't, don't want do to pick against yourself. Aaron Rodgers. No, he, no, 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 no. So I lose Dion Lewis, I lose Julian Edelman, and then I lose LeGarrette, the artist formerly known as LeGarrette Blunt, but at least he got carries and scored touchdowns every once in a while. My starting running backs, and I did the best job of anyone in my league. Everyone else can fuck off because you know that's true. Oh, these were all guys on your fantasy team. You were just talking about Patriots. No, no, yeah, but I had all Patriots. (laughs) What a surprise. I loaded up on that. I thought they were going to score 40 points a game. It's smart. I had Edelman, Amendola, LeGarrette Blount, and uh, Deion Lewis on my team. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did the best job. Everyone in my league knows it. Sal, all all those Damashek, Hanch, you all know I did the best job this year, and I got killed by injuries. And now I'm starting Charkandrick West and Brandon Bolden in a fucking playoff game. Really makes me mad. I hate fantasy football. Why do we do it to ourselves, House? Why? It's not fun. What's fun about fantasy football? Nothing. The only thing is having the occasion to be in touch with your buddies. That's really it. Good. If there well, was they, any other of kind of vehicle football, for it. Then let's we'll all go away for the weekend. And then we don't, I don't have to be annoyed because LeGarrette Blount got hurt. So By stupid. the way, this this is the angle, and and this is the future. Um, these uh, the the daily um, fantasy things that are now you know in trouble yeah. legally all over the country. Yeah, they do have a, a, a capacity where you can create your own little thing between you and your buddies and do uh, a weekly pool, right. and everybody might may or may not pony up a little bit. I like that quite a bit. 
I was that's thinking, so much better than doing a draft at the beginning of the season and watching three quarters of, your, of, of the guys get hurt and all that other silliness. I'm I'm figuring out is there a way to split up fantasy football into like three trimesters or something? It sucks that you get stuck. Like in my East Coast league, I I had Andrew Luck and Jimmy Graham. I'm done in like week five. What's fun about that? Shouldn't I have had a chance to repick a team or? The big complaint something? I have. I hate fantasy football. I, I, with the tr- with ugh. the traditional beginning of the season goes through the end of the season. There's there's there the the guys who win are the guys who are. Uh, have the most time on their hands to pay attention to the waiver wire yeah. and research the, the second Hearns. and third. Yeah, yeah Alan exactly. Hearns is on your team or all these other right. schmucks, like whoever started right. for Carolina this week. Uh, right. Jags-Falcons. Jags minus three at home over the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, I'm just going against them until they win. I think they're terrible. I, I'm really embarrassed for them. I think they're one of the six worst teams in the league, and I really like the Jags. I think Bortles is good. I'm going to say it. Bortles is good at football. I was, uh, this is a true fact. I attempted to acquire him in my fantasy league this week and was honestly disappointed that I, that I wasn't high and somebody outbid me on the waiver wire. Bortles makes plays, man, and, and he has decent receivers. He's got a running back that can catch the ball a little bit. They're putting up points, and they have an outside chance to actually <laughs> win the AFC South. It's Weirdly, a playoff game for them, and they're only given three. I don't get it. I, I just think people just assume the Jags suck. I thought this line was going to be six. I love the Jags this week. Uh, oh, you? yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a long, hard look at this. I like what you're talking about here. Panthers-Giants. Panthers favored by six in New York. Who do you have? It's all the way up to six? Holy yeah. moly. It it's was at four and a half when I was looking at this last night, and that was off the, the Westgate Super Contest lines. Yeah. Um, I, I adore the Giants in this situation. I, that, I sw- I've switched my – I'm off the Raiders. I'm with the Giants. That line seems high. Panthers, weird running back situation. Guys are hurt. Uh, I, they're right in the range of do we really want to go 16-0? and 0? We're just going to play through the whole season and just play all the plays? Like – I could see them stepping off the gas pedal if they got behind in this game. We also know the Giants are always up for these big, uh, these big games, these these situations where you know um, teams have w- w- with a, a awesome record come into. Well, I was going to call it Giant Stadium. What's it called yeah. now? MetLife. MetLife. Met uh, whatever it's called. Met and and the Giants are, are are always up for that moment. Eli four zero against the spread in his NFL career in games against teams with an 8-0 or better record. Yeah. Uh, also, bad angle for Carolina here. 13-0 and or uh, better teams are 1-11 and against the spread since 1998 Ooh. when they're going up against a non-division opponent. So, I, I just, you know, 6 is, if it was 3, I wouldn't mess with it. 6, I, I love the Giants getting 6. Seems high. And the Giants can score points, you know. They can move the ball. Oh my goodness. Those are you always want home dogs that you know can put up thirty points in a game. I think it's gonna be a high yeah. scoring game. Uh, I have the Skins plus one Ooh. at home oh. Oh. over the Buffalo Bills. Guess what? I think Rex Ryan's gonna be on TV next year. Thank you so much. Yeah, so thoughtful. Of I don't you. mind your team. Your team's not bad. Makes plays. I, I, you have some. You have some. You can do things on both ends. I don't think the Bills are very good. 
the Dallas game reminded me of how silly it is to start investing in any Washington, uh, the D.C. Rudens, uh, and uh, until they're finally like over the hump, until it's it's week sixteen and we're playing Dallas for the. But why are you a, why are you a home dog in this game? That doesn't make sense. I, I, but Buffalo. Buffalo, I, what? Know, What's good about I, Buffalo? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Buffalo's last four games. Lost to the Pats, lost to the Chiefs, beat the Texans by nine, lost to the Eagles. What am I missing? Yeah. I, I just don't think they're very good. I think the league's kind of caught up with Tyrod, too. What do you think, Tate? Yeah, I think they figured him out. Virginia Tech's not that good. Yeah, Tate's down on Tyrod. It's like, all right, we get it. You can run around and you can throw the ball 40 yards downfield. He threw one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life uh, last Sunday. Was a big third and 14, and Sammy Watkins was wide open. And he almost killed the guy holding the third down marker. He missed him so badly. It was way off. I, I don't trust Tyrod anymore. Anyway, I like the skins. Chargers-Dolphins, which is probably the worst game on the board other than Saints-Lions. Yeah, for it's some reason, season. You, for some reason, Time you for the picked this game. Bowl. Why? Why? Why do you have action on this game? Who do you like? Because we we've, we've been talking about it all season long. There is no scenario under which San Diego should ever be favored under any circumstances against any professional football team at home. I know. So just the idea of of, of Dolphins, anybody huh? coming into San Diego and getting points, I'm in. I'm in. That's, okay. I'm all over that. We've seen it. San Diego hasn't covered at home since week one. They're one and eight against the spread in their last nine games as a favorite. I like getting points. That's all. That's the kind of guy I am. Here in this toilet bowl, I'm taking Miami. That's pretty good. I can't argue with that logic. I don't know if San Diego, San Diego's maybe won once at home this year, and they have the saddest fans in football now, and I feel bad for them. I have the Broncos. I really like this week, by the way. I like the underdogs this week. I have the Broncos getting six and a half in Pittsburgh for a couple reasons. I don't think the Broncos, I I don't think Osweiler is as bad as people seem to think he is after that last game. First of all, Khalil Mack was like, looked like a guy in high school who's, you know, 22 years old, who stayed back five years, and he's just demolishing freshmen and sophomores. That it's that true. was it looked fluke. like a 12 year old playing with 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 third graders. Yeah, it was like a fluke freak performance. He completely changed everything Denver was doing. But if you watch that game, they had three huge drops where they had wide open guys. Thomas dropped two. Vernon da- Vernon Davis dropped one. They were all like just gut wrenching drops at the worst possible times, and they were also missing their two running backs. I think C.J. Anderson. Does C.J. Anderson come back this week, Tate? I think he does. Yeah. One of those guys comes back. I don't think Denver – people are off Denver. Meanwhile, this is a must win for them because if they lose this game, um, the Chiefs are lingering now for AFC West. You know, if the Broncos lose two of their last three and the Chiefs run out, I think the Chiefs can win the AFC West. Oh. They have to worry about the one or the two seed because they play Cincinnati next week. Uh, and everybody's just writing in Pittsburgh. is like, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh, team you don't want to play. Like, they're getting a lot of smoke blown up their ass. And I, I just like Denver. I think this is yeah, a good spot Yeah, it's too many points. I, I like Denver as well. I almost put them on uh, here. I'm not ready to say. I can't. I wasn't going to. I didn't put them on because I couldn't sing after that performance last week by Osweiler. That's fine. Uh, he's, by, he's a by, young quarterback in a shit right. game. Yeah, one yeah, shit game. Right. I'm not ready to give yeah. up on Osweiler. Yeah, I think but, the Raiders uh, figured out how to rush them up the middle and do some stuff, but I'm also not sure if Pittsburgh's that good. 
I like it, the points. It's, it's way too many points. And Tomlin? Do you trust Tomlin laying six and a Come half on. to Denver? Denver's Come lost on. three times. That line seems just out of whack to me. So, anyway, I'm taking the Broncos. Last game on Monday night, you have the Saints-Lions. Boy, you went after all the shitty games this week. Saints favored by (laughs) three and a half. I went after value. I went after my plays. By the way, uh, last two weeks, three and two uh, with the the best bet, six and four, 60% is putting money in your pocket, America. So, just, just, you know, Mm. I know over the course of the season, we're probably hovering around 500 on this stuff. But, you know, maybe there's a little hot streak here. We'll find out. So you like? Let me guess. You like the Lions plus three and a half because their power ranking is better than the Saints, and this is good value, and you think they can win the game outright? No, I don't. Oh, okay. What is the Lee Corso thing? No, I don't know. I don't, hold your whatever that it was. Um, no, I love the Saints. Okay. I love the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees owns the Lions, five and zero against the spread uh, in his career. Uh, Detroit. For whatever reason, 0-8 straight up, 1-7 and against the spread when they're playing the NFC South in recent history. Yep. There is a terrific angle for New Orleans in this game on Monday night. They're a home team coming off a win, and they're going up against a losing team that uh, is coming off a loss where it was favored. And there is this terrific angle that's like 18-2 and since 1980 for a situation like this. And I just like, you know... I'm sit when I'm sitting. I picture myself for this game. It's it's Monday. I'm chilling. It's Christmas week. Everything's you know getting good, and it's just going to be an old vintage Saints beatdown. You know, on a Monday night. Yep, that's what I'm imagining. House, uh, our successful first episode of Friday rolling is done. It's complete. We're going to call Jacko because I need his Donald Trump thoughts really quick. Oh my God, that's yeah. going to be so good. I can't wait to listen. All right, enjoy the weekend. Good luck with your picks. You too. Thanks, buddy. Before we call Jacko, I want to mention our friends at Personal Capital. They're free financial tools, make it easy to manage finances, track investments, grow your net worth, and it's all in real time. If you need an investment checkup tool, a fee analyzer, a sophisticated retirement calculator, if you want to speak to a financial advisor, get personalized portfolio guidance at a lower cost, do it with Personal Capital. According to Macro, they're the best free finance tracking app available. Head over to personalcapital.com slash BS to link your accounts. And in seconds, you'll have your own personal financial dashboard. Get three months of free advisory services. If you enroll right now, that's personalcapital.com slash BS. And we're calling Jacko. Complex litigation. This is John. Johnny. What's up, buddy? How you feeling, man? I'm worried about (laughs) you. It's the holidays. You should be in a good mood. And uh, and Trump's gaining steam. I know you're yeah. upset. I know you feel like the world's ending. I just want to give you a chance to vent for a couple minutes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, I, I am despondent about the state of our country and politics. But it, but yes, it is the holiday season, and I have my health and a beautiful family. So I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side here. Trump, even though the world is, even though the country is going to hell in a handbasket, you know, at least I'll go there smiling. So you had nine people on the stage the other night. Yeah. Which seems seems a little uh, ambitious for mid-December. Yeah. I should, we have I weeded, hoped... should we have weeded a couple of these people out by now? Or? Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the big, big problems, really, is there's too many people in the race. And I, I think what happened is in, in 2004, J- 
John Kerry came from like way back in the pack. Howard Dean was seemingly running away with the nomination, and John Kerry came from nowhere. So I think all these candidates that are seemingly hopeless in the polls now think that, oh, I can do the John Kerry thing, and these polls are wrong, and anything could happen, and you know I could catch fire, and even though I'm at you know two percent, I could be the nominee. But you know that was a very odd circumstance. Kerry had a lot of things going for him that these candidates don't, and I think they're fooling themselves, and and they continue to be in the by continuing to be in the race and stretching out the field you allow Trump to you know basically suck all the air out of the room and, and continue to be on top rather than congregating the opposition in, in a couple of people that could maybe take him down what about uh what's that guy Kakich Kakich yeah Kakich? the governor of Ohio so he's sitting there like he's eating dinner with his family like eh, well you know this could heat up might <laughs> Well, Just never know. I, I mean, get it's out crazy enough here. that there's people. There's cra- it's crazy enough that some, like you said, the nine people on the on the main debate stage, but then they have the undercard for people that didn't make whatever the cutoff point was, which is maybe like five percent nationally or something. Yeah. I don't even know what the cutoff is. But you have guys like you know Mike Huckabee and George Pataki, Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum lost running for Senate in 2006. It's nine years ago. He hasn't been a senator for nine years, and he thinks like, oh, yeah, I'm what America needs. They've right. got Jim Gilmore, who was the governor of Virginia for like a minute and a half, tw- 10 years ago. His own family doesn't know who he is. He thinks he's going to be president. <laughs> Give me a freaking break. George Pataki was governor of New York. He stopped being governor of New York in, I believe, 2008 and was wildly unpopular. And he thinks, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm what the Republican Party really is looking for is George Pataki. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I don't understand why these guys, some of these guys run or these people run. You know, even and then poor Jeb Bush figured he had the Bush name and he has $100 billion in, in PAC money. But nobody like nobody wants a third Bush. Nobody. Nobody wants a third Bush. And yet he continues to stick around because he has all this money, and he's like, oh, "But I'm a Bush. It's ridiculous." Well, when you're that charismatic, you 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 want you want the big stage. <laughs> exactly. So I wish some of these people would wake up and like you know pack it in, throw in the towel. It's just not happening. There's other jobs you could do. If Republican wins, you can become an ambassador somewhere. Maybe you could get a cabinet position. That's a pretty good gig. You don't have to be president. Not everybody has to be president. Our big mistake was. Was you not running? We could have just <laughs> leveraged your Twitter feed and, and my podcast, and Absolutely. I think you would have been like seventh right now. Would have been a springboard, no question. You just would have come in. You would have just mocked everyone else, worn suspenders. <laughs> O'Connell, twenty sixteen, a troubled man for troubled times. <laughs> you could have done the Dukakis. The uh, John Lovett says Dukakis. I can't believe just, I'm losing these. Yeah, guys. just repeatedly shaking your head. Exactly. So. Is, does anyone actually have a chance to pull John Kerry? No. I mean, the, the reality is that the nominee, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Republican nominee is going to be one of three people. It's either going to be Marco Rubio, it's going to be Ted Cruz, or it's going to be Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Which is, a, a, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy world we're living in. But the, the nominee is going to be one of those three people, and everybody else ought to see the handwriting on the wall and get out. Would the one you, guy who maybe potentially could do something is is a Chris Christie. I was going to say, isn't Chris Christie like the one guy who has a little bit of John Kerry potential? He's the maybe yes, he maybe has a little John Kerry potential because he's a governor and 
he's kind of the the poor man's Donald Trump and that he could be blustery and bloviating as well. So if that's your cup of tea, but you're like, Trump doesn't have a fucking idea what he's doing. Can, right. I, can I drop an F-bomb on the podcast? Yes, absolutely. Especially he in He doesn't this have case. a fucking idea what he's doing. You may decide to go, you know, if you want bombast, you may want to go with Christie. Now, he has a lot of negatives in the Republican Party because he's, he's too moderate. He latched on to Obama after Superstorm Sandy in 2012. People sort of blamed him for Romney fading at the end in some in some ways, not doing enough for Romney. So I don't think he's quite popular enough. But if everybody everybody else sort of takes each other out, he may come up through the middle. Yeah, remember when like people people thought the bridge thing was going to kill Christie? Yeah, and now it's like in play that Ted Cruz would say, "Hey, you know what? Internment camps for Muslims <laughs> right. aren't a bad idea." It's like, yeah, the bridge thing's looking really good right now. Right, really good. Right, so, and you know when you have the Democratic nominee, putative Democratic nominee, who's like under investigation by the FBI, and everybody's just like, "Ah, eh, whatevs," then it's closing down a bridge by comparison doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be Rubio though. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm thinking. The last couple of days, I've been thinking it might be Cruz. And actually, I, I I still can't talk myself out of the fact that it might be Trump. I mean, you look at these freaking polls, and he's like double and triple everybody else. He's the crazier, stupider thing he says, the more he goes up. All these Tea Party people are are so ridiculously naive, or or see him as their champion, or whatever it is. But if they actually come out to vote, I mean, if the number these numbers are true, I, I, I don't know. And the establishment, you know, of the Republican Party, such as it is, is so stupid, and and they should have nipped this in the bud long, long time ago. And now it's gotten like too out of control. And so I don't know if they can stop him now. I, I really don't. It's it's frightening, but I just don't know if they can stop him. Hillary Clinton and Trump debating. Oh my God! Has the potential for some of the worst moments in the history of this country. It's I'm literally just, a Saturday Night Live skit come to life. It's it's unbelievable. Just being fear the whole time. He'll he'll definitely go. He would go chauvinist pretty early, right? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, look at the statements he's made just in the primary. What's he possibly capable of in a general election? This is amazing. It, it would be really hilarious if the future of the next four years of the country wasn't kind of in play. Not kind of. Oh, it's in play. Oh, yeah. Whoever wins this gets to run the country. As I've come to the acceptance stage that he may actually be the, the Republican nominee, I've been wondering to myself, what, like, what's worse? If he beats Hillary or if he loses to Hillary, like what, what is worse? What's worse for you? The, from the, for me, for the country, for, for the earth. Well, what happens to you? Do you do you move? Do you move to another country? What countries are you thinking about? <laughs> Canada. That's the problem. I don't know. I guess I could. I guess I could take the family to Ireland. I don't know. Oh, you'd, another you'd be happy in Ireland. Yeah, you'd be happy in Ireland. That'd be great. Yeah, the Yankees games would be on really late there though, because it's five hours ahead. Oh, you see, you've thought about this. <laughs> I've given it too much thought. Now I'm an American. I'm not going. I wouldn't leave America, but. It, it would just be just so utterly ridiculous. And basically, if he gets nominated, it, what essentially happens, not essentially, what definitely happens is it's the end of the Republican Party as we know it. Oh, like it's... There just will not be a Republican Party because some astronomical number of the party is not going to vote for him. They're not going to come out to vote, and and he will lose the Electoral College convincingly and overwhelmingly, and the Republicans probably lose the Senate, and then the recriminations and finger-pointing will last for a decade. So, yeah, I'm 
that now you're now now I'm just confused. So this really could it, it can't end the party. Well, you're it saying would it could ruin the party. It. Yeah, it would ruin the party for until somebody came to save it down the road. Yeah, exactly. It would be in the wilderness, as they say, for for years and years. Because people could look back and say, remember when you nominated that fucking idiot for president? Didn't know what he was doing. It was completely clueless and said outrageous and hideously awful things. Yeah. God help us, Scott. Did you see he went on Kimmel last night? I did. I saw somebody sent me a picture of Cousin Sal with his Make America Great hat again next to Trump. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was an ironic picture. I I would think so, yes. Well, I'll just, which everybody understood except Donald Trump. If you're Hillary, you just have to really be enjoying all of this, though, right? It's the yeah, greatest I mean, thing that's, that's the ever thing. happened. I mean, uh, you, I don't, I, I don't like to give the Clintons this much credit, but maybe they're Machiavellian enough where they actually put him up to this because there's this mystery phone call from Bill Clinton to Donald Trump right before he got in the race. Yeah, and he's always been a big Hillary supporter and and donated to her campaign. He's donated almost exclusively to Democrats, except within like the last five years or so when he's decided he's going to be a Republican. So it's very shady and, and odd his relationship with the Clintons, and he always seems to, you know, call out Republicans by name and and bash them on Twitter and bash them personally about their looks and what have you. And he never he seems to have the kid gloves on when it comes to Hillary. And he's totally bare-knuckled when it comes to Republicans. So what could happen is he might just get nominated to be the Republican candidate for president and then just decide to endorse Hillary. I, <laughs> That's a possibility, too. That would be amazing. I See, my favorite part of this whole cycle is going to be when you talk yourself into Trump, which I think no, would be like that, March. I, that, it's going to be that like March never, 10. never, ever going to happen. March I will 10. never you vote talk for yourself him under A-Rod. any circumstances. You talked yourself into A-Rod. <laughs> well, rooting for a baseball team is different than the leader of the free world. Or is it? <laughs> I know. What kind of fan am I? Well, what, you watch you watch 162 Yankee games a year. That's 500 hours. That's that's <laughs> almost as important. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But the country is, you know, 24 hours, 365 days a year. Bill, the moment. See, what really scares me about the the Trump presidency is, is if you think about it, like in a sports term. The moment he takes office, doesn't is aren't we the most vulnerable? Everyone that ever wanted to mess with America in any way just comes right at us. Of course, because he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about or what to do. He's going to get the best people. He's going to have people look at that. That's his answer to everything. I'm going to have somebody look at that. Best people. Oh, my God. This is a guy who hired Ivanka Trump to be his number two for The Apprentice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... and who's who went bankrupt in the casino business? I mean, when you open up a casino, people come in and throw money at you, right? With like a ninety-nine percent chance you get to keep that money, and he somehow went bankrupt multiple times running a casino. Yeah, he he, he kept fighting back though. Everybody's like, oh, he's such a business genius. He's a genius. Well, he inherited some like two billion dollars from his father, who was, you know, the slumlord of New York City or something and made all this money, which he gave to Trump. And I've read things that if Trump just put it in in an account, basically a savings account or 401k or some sort of investment bearing account. He would have like had ten billion instead of eight billion. He decided to actually do things with it on his own and actually lost money. Hmm. We should mention he's you, a brilliant genius, business leader. Give me a freaking break. We should mention you love the Republican Party. I've never seen you more disenchant. I mean, it goes without saying. This is more disenchantment from you. This is 
the apocalypse. I know it's it's it, the notion of him. And I, I say this every time we talk about this, but how anybody could watch him for more than 30 seconds <laughs> and not like run away laughing and screaming. And, but people will go to his rallies, watch him pound his chest and say, like, I'm number one in the polls, say these completely ludicrous ideas that just like spit out of his head and cheer wildly and are like enraptured. I, I just do not get it in the slightest. Well, I'm glad we gave you a chance to vent, Johnny. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Now I'm depressed for the rest of the day. Yeah, it's the I have holidays. to call my kids and tell them Christmas is canceled. Yeah, go buy some gifts for your kids or something. Yeah, cheer me up. I'll go see Santa at the mall. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll check in if this gets worse, <laughs> more interesting. Whatever happens, you're, you're a political correspondent for the Republican Party. Oh, fantastic. It's great. Good times. Uh, if I don't talk to you before the holidays on the pod, happy holidays, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas to uh, to you and yours and all of your listeners. All right. I'll be here down in the bunker. <laughs> talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. That's it for today's episode. Friday rolling. Uh, was brought to you by Personal Capital. Managing your money is like playing football. It all comes down to having a good playbook. Please check out Personal Capital, the free online financial dashboard that allows you to easily manage your finances and track your net worth in one place. Visit personalcapital.com slash BS. Just do it. I've asked you multiple times. Just do it once. Thanks to HBO for being nice enough to give me my own television show that launches next spring. Don't forget to give your friends free episodes of iconic HBO shows. Go to www.12daysofhbonow.com and start gifting away. Thanks to MeUndies.com for keeping my boys safe and sound. Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of both the BS Podcast and Channel 33. Subscribe to both podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Please, do it for us. Do some iTunes reviews for us, too. Cool? All right. Enjoy the weekend. Happy holidays. Play us out, Pac. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again... Rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.